Hello and welcome to The Last Wicket. My name is Benny and thank you for tuning in. This week, me and my co-host Mike are joined by Zimbabwe cricket journalist and joint host of Zim Cricket Lounge, Adam Theo, here to talk all things Zimbabwe cricket. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Benny, and uh, good to be here. Now, first of all, commiserations. I know that uh, we're speaking only a couple of days after uh, Zimbabwe were essentially knocked out of World Cup 2023 qualifying chances. Uh, but till till those last two games, it really looked like it was shaping up into this perfect story for Zimbabwe and for a lot of the senior players. Uh, so two days out, emotions have settled Um how 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 do you look at how do you look at Zimbabwe's performance uh, in the qualifiers? Was it something that you would say was expected, better than expected, or just a natural kind of culmination of all the work put in by everyone, uh, given their performances in recent times? Okay, well, uh, obviously, as a Zimbabwean fan and in fairness, to Zimbabwean players as well, it was a very tough pill to swallow and still is. Uh, obviously, Zimbabwe is still um, living the nightmare of a 2018 uh, missed opportunity for the World Cup as well. Uh, but putting all that aside and just breaking right. down Zimbabwe's performance in general, uh, the preparations are good. Uh, really good performance um, against the Pakistan Shaheens in, the, in Zimbabwe's warm-up. Comprehensively won that um, ODI series. Well, not ODI. Um, first-class series. Um, and coming into the tournament mm-hmm. itself, uh, Zimbabwe played pretty good cricket all the way through. Um, you know, we, let's, let's put those two losses, the Sri Lanka and the Scottish loss aside. Um, there were records broken by Zimbabweans uh, from the beginning to the end. I mean, faster centuries. Um, Richard Garava taking 13 wickets in consecutive matches, which is a new record for Zimbabwe as well. Sikandar Raza's fastest 100, back-to-back 100s from Sean Williams. I mean, these are records that have been standing for many years in Zimbabwe cricket. And the fact that uh, the guys were able to come to the forefront and perform the way they did up until when they did was a pretty good performance in in my mind. Uh, we also have to take in consideration that was seven wickets, seven, my apologies, seven wins in a row for Zimbabwe, which is another Zimbabwean record. Um, haven't beaten that. That record is equaled uh, with the Zimbabwe team of the of 1992, if, I, if I'm correct. So that in its own is 20, 30 years old. Um, so look, I have to put aside that loss um, against Scotland and say that as a brand of cricket, Zimbabwe did very well. The uh, the fact that they carried four points into the Super Six stage, do you think that was, is it fair to say that was a little disappointing or did you think that was, that was totally fine? I mean, Zimbabwe carried, I, I believe that was the maximum point that they could carry into the Super Sixes from the position that they were in. So moving away from the group stages, that was the dream the dream position for the Zimbabwean team to be in. Uh, it was, and I'll tell you actually where the turning point was. It was the Oman match where 
Zimbabwe needed to comprehensively beat Oman, not the 20-odd run that they did beat them and beat them by. Uh, they needed to they needed to put Oman under the carpet and win by a good 100 runs, which should have been done. And ultimately, had that been done, then at the end of the tournament, Zimbabwe would have gone through on net run rate regardless of losing to Sri Lanka and regardless to lo- regardless of losing to Scotland. Um, the Sri Lanka loss itself was disappointing. And the way that the manner in which Zimbabwe lost was not like the Zimbabwe side we've seen over the last year, a year and a half. It was remnant. It was, it reminded me of Zimbabwe of 2020 under uh, Lalchand Rajput. Um, and as for the Scottish game, well, you know, we can, we can debate all night as to how that happened. Um, and there's a number of factors to it, but it was ultimately disappointing. You know, I have to say from a neutral perspective that um, it was just good to see Zimbabwe win. Um, because, you know, growing up uh, in the late 90s and, you know, in the 2000s, um, as an Indian as an Indian cricket fan, um, there were some memorable encounters, you know, with Zimbabwe, not just in limited overs, but in tests, you know, Andy Flower was, uh, seemed like to be a perpetual thorn uh, in our side. Uh, but even, you know, like in the 99 World Cup and during that time, uh, you know, the late 90s, there, there were some good contests. And then somehow they seemed to fade away. And obviously there seemed to be other issues, non-cricket, let's say. Um, and then so Zimbabwe cricket seemed to fade away and almost being forgotten and then it seems to me that at least in the last couple of years uh there seems to have been an upswing in uh the performances and the players coming through uh is that a fair take or do you think that the the performances were always there it was just that the rest of the world probably didn't take note of it uh no the performances weren't there you're absolutely right and i mean we can look back as far as the 2003 world cup uh, you guys will remember the black armband pro- protest um, of Henry Alonga and uh, Andy Flower. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, that was the turning point uh, because that led to the uh, the white Zimbabwean players uh, leaving Zimbabwe cricket, you know, young players, you know, the, that was the start of it. Uh, we don't need to go through the whole history of it, but um, that recovery process was very slow and very difficult and there was a brief time uh around 2012 2013 where things improved and then they deteriorated again you know zimbabwe's cricket has been through a million problems since since i was young um and a major one was zimbabwe cricket being suspended from the the icc you know that you know, that led to a number of follow-up problems, players retiring left, right, and center. But since this, the new management has taken over, um, give more Makoni, Tavengwa, Mukulani, I, I can only give them, I can only give them praise for what they've done for Zimbabwe cricket. Clearing, clearing millions of dollars of debt was a big one, ensuring that at the very least, players are getting paid. Because once players are getting paid, they can focus on playing cricket as opposed to focus on the politics side of, of cricket. Um, 
so while all this is happening, cricket was still going on. Uh, Zimbabwe is losing left, right and centre, struggling to keep hold of coaches. I mean, they lost um, Alan Butcher, who tried his best. Um, Dav Watmore, who was very excited by the prospect of coaching Zimbabwe cricket. And his final words after leaving was, Zimbabwe cricket will looks like it's heading in the, in the direction of Kenya, which is, you know, with respect to Kenya, huge insult to any Zimbabwean fan because, you know, Zimbabwe has always been a, um, a better cricket playing nation than Kenya. So there was that. Um, then there was Lal Chand Rashput coming in and that was a, an absolute disaster. Um, the, the mindset of the players, the general morale, the quality of play was absolutely in the gutter. You know, a win for Zimbabwe would come every 10 to 12 games if they were lucky. They were being whitewashed by Bangladesh. Um, Afghanistan, who Zimbabwe were beating comprehensively, were now beating Zimbabwe in Zimbabwe. I mean, there, mm. were, there were losses coming left, right and center. So in fairness, um, the cricket was awful back then. And that leads to what I'm sure we're going to speak to now, the introduction of Dave Houghton. Yeah, that, so Dave Houghton, you know, player coach back in the 90s, and he's managed people, players like Edo Brandis, Andy Flower, Neil Johnson, um, at least by reputation, not some of the easiest players to manage. What do you think he has brought to the table? The, the biggest thing that he's brought to the table is giving the players the freedom to play the cricket they want to and are capable of playing. Um, you'll notice that gone are the days that, you know, Zimbabwean gets drafted in, young, talented Zimbabwe fails Zimbabwe and fails in a couple matches and is then banished to the, to the benches or even back to um, list day or first-class cricket. Those days, those days are gone. Um, mm. The players are free to express themselves. Um, he's shown that him and his coaching team have faith in his their players' abilities to perform, and ultimately, that self belief that he's given the players has completely changed has completely changed the Zimbabwean cricket way of doing things. The players are playing with a new lease of life. And that's evident in the records I mentioned earlier. It's evident in uh, the victories that they've have had over the last couple of years. Australia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, um, the West Indies. These are teams that Zimbabwe couldn't have dre even dreamed of beating in any occasion, never mind coming close to. Um, right. So that ultimately is what I believe that Dave Houghton has brought to the table. Yeah, that that win against Pakistan in the T20 World Cup, and then again this uh, recent win over the West Indies uh, in the World Cup qualifiers, 50 over World Cup qualifiers, uh, to me that showed a sign of you know not being intimidated by you know the big traditional teams anymore. You know these are experienced players backed by uh, a, a very smart team management. They seem to be on it. Um, so it seems like a lot of this is also due to the players themselves, right? Like the senior players, like uh, you mentioned Sikandar Raza, but there's also Sean Williams, Greg Airmine. Uh, so let's talk about those 
those players themselves. And the thing that stands out to me is, you know, their age, <laughs> their seniority. They pro- they're probably not going to be around for much longer. Um, but how critical are, first of all, let's talk about the players themselves. Uh, how critical have the players been uh, to the team's improved performances? Well, um, a blessing and a curse, actually. And um, we'll start with the blessing because they, as senior players, have been the anchors for Zimbabwe's uh, improved performance over the last couple of years. Um, started with Sikanda Raza, obviously. Uh, we just have to look at we just have to look at his performances in 2022. Um, centuries, left, right, and center, wickets everywhere, performances in the IPL, the Pakistan Super League, the Caribbean Premier League, the Bangladesh Premier League, it, the, list, the list goes on. Um, and that's before we even talk about his performance in the World Cup. So Sikanda Raza has been instrumental in inspiring not only himself, but his other teammates you know, they, the younger guys and even the old guys look at him and they think, wow, this man is 37 years old, 36 years old, and he has just walked his way into the ICC um, T20 and ODI Cricket Team of the Year, um, been among the top scorers at the 2020 World Cup, um, playing in the IPL. They've seen that this man can do this at 37. And I do definitely believe that... Um, the way he played led to, in part, led to the way that Sean Williams played in this uh, World Cup qualifiers and Craig Irvin in, on, in the same breath. Um, that combined with the, the freedom that they've got from um, Dave Houghton, um, those players have bounced off of each other and completely changed the way that uh, Zimbabwe has performed. Um, of course, we would like to have seen a little bit more coming from the younger players themselves. Um, but as for the senior players, they have been the key to um, Zimbabwe winning games. Um, but yeah, that does obviously lead to the negatives as well, because you know the we we will probably talk about the changing of the guards that hasn't that is in in progress. And as you said, these players won't be around for much longer. Um, but as for now, um, they've they really have been instrumental. So who who do you, who do you see as the future of Zimbabwe cricket from the the players themselves? Any of the younger players who probably not grabbed as much attention as the Razas and the Williams? Uh, are there some players that you see are going to be the face of Zimbabwe cricket in the next uh, few years? Yeah, those play- those players are already there. Um, they're already, you know, like rearing their head a little bit, uh, you know, performing here and there. Uh, I mean, let's we'll start in the bowling department. If we're looking at the likes of Blessing Muzarabani and uh, um, Richard and Garava, those are two excellent pace bowlers who are going to mm-hmm. they're going to spearhead the Zimbabwe attack for probably the next seven, maybe even ten years, and they're only going to get better. Uh, there's Wellington Mazakadza as well, who I think underperformed a little bit in uh, the Cricket World Cup qualifier, especially, um, I mean, I, I had backed him to to be Zimbabwe's highest wicket taker, but it didn't go that way. But there's a lot of talent there. And I mean, looking at the batting department, it's a little bit more of a confusing uh, uh, topic 
mainly because we're only seeing sparks from a couple players. Um, Wesley Mandevere being one of them. Uh, Zimbabwe under 17, Zimbabwe under 19, Zimbabwe under 20, absolutely um, r- running the show in domestic cricket, but hasn't really uh, found his feet in international cricket properly yet. I, you know, he had he had a good 40 against uh, against Scotland, but that has been what we're seeing. We've been seeing 30s and 40s. Um, however, I do think he's going to be he's going to be huge for Zimbabwe cricket over the next few years if he can find his feet. Um, and then another one who has also not found his feet is Tadiwa Nashe Marumani. Same sort of situation, not quite found his feet in international cricket, but in the domestic setup, he is head and shoulders above the others. So, you know, those guys combined with hopefully a few more incoming players and the likes of Ryan Burl uh, should make up that team over the next couple of years, but um, it's not ready yet. If if Zimbabwe lost Craig Irvin, Sikander Raza and Sean Williams today, it would be beyond a disaster because they just simply don't have the the manpower and the skill level right now to take on the best of the best without those players. Can you talk a little bit about the domestic structure uh, for Zimbabwe cricket for people those for for people who don't know uh, much about it? Uh, do you feel that's a, a system that is throwing up consistently uh, players who can succeed at the international level? So, um, okay, Zimbabwe has a, obviously a, a first class structure um, for four days, known as the Logan Cup. There's the um, List A tournament, the Pro 50 Championships, and then uh, they have a domestic T20 Championships. And you'll now you'll now notice that there's obviously the, the the new tournament coming in, the Zim Afro T10, which everyone is very excited for. Um, so the structure is there. Um, it hasn't always been run very well. There have been improvements, and there is we are starting to see finances trickle down, sponsorship coming in. So there are improvements, but it's not improving at the rate that it should. Uh, Zimbabwe needs some really good young guns to pull through in the next few years. And we're still seeing, uh, you know, a good number of 30 plus players just hanging around in the domestic circuit who aren't good enough to make international cricket, but are good enough to sort of bide their time in domestic cricket so yeah there are some young really good young players coming through um but are there enough young players that are good enough to take over the reins eventually from the current batch of national players i don't i don't think the i don't think that's there just yet but you know uh, we have talked about Sikandar raza uh and you know, his involvement in, you know, some of the T20 leagues around the world. Uh, but he's not the only Zimbabwe player, right? There there are a couple of other Zimbabwe players in, I think, in the PSL too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, do you see franchise T20 leagues as one, you know, you know, one way that more Zimbabwe cricketers get, you know, more exposure playing with and against you know, high quality teams and players. Um, do you see that? Do you see that as a viable opportunity for Zimbabwean uh, cricketers? 
if the opportunity was there like in in a genuine way, then I I think so. But uh, you know, look just looking at the history of Zimbabwean players selected for the IPL, there's been Tatenda Taibu, who was world class, obviously Ray Price, who was mm-hmm. second best um, bowler in the world for a number of years. Uh, Blessing Muzarabani was picked as a net bowler in the IPL, although he, he's one of those players who have played elsewhere, uh, Pakistan Super League, Bangladesh Premier League. Um, in the Bangladesh Premier League, League, there's been a number of Zimbabwean players. But other than that, it's not, it's, it hasn't, the Zimbabweans aren't generally picked for these, these big leagues. Uh, you yeah. know, even, you know, they often go unsold in the IPL or the, or the PSL. Uh, or not picked for the Bangladesh Premier League. The big names are, the very best players are picked, but these young players who are maybe playing in the domestic uh, circuit or who are sporadically pay, playing for Zimbabwe, or many of them who have played for Zimbabwe for a number of years don't get a look in. Um, and I've never really understood quite quite why that happens, because, uh, you know, we see you see a number of South African players who are, obviously very good, um, who may not even play for the, the Proteas, but are getting nabbed by big um, Indian Premier League teams. So I would love, I really would love to see more Zimbabweans make that league or any of those leagues, but it's just very, it's very difficult for a, a young Zimbabwean player to get a foot in that sort of door. Adam, I'll I'll tell you that this is not a recent issue. We've, you know, the Indian Premier League has for years relied on mediocre to average players from Australia and South Africa to fill their squads. Um, so I think that's changing a little bit. You know, we, you know, Rashid Khan is probably the biggest example of a cricketer from outside of the major, you know, test playing nations. Um, to come in and be such a vital player, you know, in, in the IPL. And, and I think, uh, you know, recently we had from Ireland, um, what's his name? Josh Little, you know, he's playing. Yeah, Josh Little. And, and of course, Sikandar Raza had a pretty decent uh, IPL season uh, this year as well. And I, so I would like to think um, that, franchises are being more open to looking beyond you know the big countries and looking at good you know genuinely good players uh from uh you know from the, the lesser uh known countries as well you know or the associate teams as well so i think the future might be different i think you'll see a lot more you know the players are good they will be selected you know like you mentioned um, Ray Price, uh, he was there. You know, I, I, actually, I, I always think that if uh, Neil Johnson was around, he would be probably one of the top picks. Uh, he was one of my <laughs> probably, favorite I, players. I agree. Uh, he was one of my uh, all-time favorite players uh, back then. And really, one player that I would, I wish that got an opportunity is Ryan Burrell. Like he, he's a pretty good hitter, and I think he would fit in well. Uh, with, with some of the teams uh, out there, but uh, I'm hopeful that that will change in the coming years. I do want to talk about the Zimbabwe crowds. Um, it's always it's always fun 
to watch a very passionate and very involved crowd, you know, be it India, England, Australia, you know, where the team, uh, where the crowds get be behind the home team, because then it feels like it's not just the players on the field uh, that the opposition have to, you know, play against. They're also, you know, playing against a vibe, you know, you know, the vibes from the crowd. And uh, that's another thing that's always fascinated me, uh, the way that the Zimbabwe fans get behind their team uh, when the games take place in Zimbabwe. And I cannot imagine how uh, disappointing it must have been uh, for for the team, you know, to essentially get uh, knocked out when they were playing the qualifiers in Zimbabwe. Uh, but can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, how the game and uh, just the fans, like how how that has gone together, like how has the game surged in popularity in Zimbabwe in recent years? So there's a couple factors um, behind the, imp- I mean, the, the massively improved passion from the Zimbabwean fans. Um, one of them not so good, uh, because, and that would be the decline in, of football in the country. Uh, Zimbabwe is currently suspended by um, FIFA, so there's no international games. And so ultimately, Zimbabwe cricket have been really fortunate to adopt a lot of those uh, football fans who are, you know, still seeking a love for sport. Um, but mm-hmm. with the with the improved Zimbabwe performances, has come improved crowds. And I mean, okay, yes, we we can look at the 2018 um, World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Zimbabwe were very well um, supported there, but that is not any comparison to what we saw in in Harare and Bulawayo this year. I mean, in my as long as I've been following cricket, I've never I've never heard of a Zimbabwe match that has been they've had to close the gates um at ten AM because they the stadium's full, twenty one thousand mm-hmm. people in inside there and they there's another fifteen thousand people waiting outside. I've never heard. I've never heard of that happening in, in Zimbabwe cricket. So the the love and the passion has has really grown alongside uh, the national side's improved performances. I mean, they Zimbabweans are passionate people and very patriotic people as well. I mean, you'll you'll very rarely get a Zimbabwean who will badmouth their country. You'll get Zimbabweans who badmouth politics and everything that like that around their country, but the passion and the patriotism is is absolutely unmatched. Um, and you know, I've experienced that firsthand throughout my life. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the crowds have been absolutely phenomenal, and they've come in in their thousands. And let me let, let me put this to you: um, the average Zimbabwean is living on. One to one to three US dollars a day, and I say I say the average, and that's you know a good fifty percent uh, of Zimbabweans, and they are willing to come in and spend between one and two US dollars for a ticket to watch um, the Chevrons play. Now, that that to me that to me is a huge factor because you know that might that might be their food for the day. That might be you know, money right. that they'd saved, they'd saved over a couple of weeks to watch that match. So 
you know, they are, they, you know, they're going to spend that money. They're going to come in and they're going to absolutely love every minute of the cricket and they're going to support their, their team, which they do. And they'll sing and they'll shout and they will, uh, you know, and they'll add a different dimension to the way that the team is playing as well, because you, you've heard it from Craig Irvin, you've heard it from Sikandar Raza, how, how and Dave Houghton that when when the Zimbabwean crowd is in the stadium back in them, it feels like they're twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth man, and right. I think you can see that in the way that the the team plays as well. So it, it seems to me it it's it's almost. You know, the cricket team is this medium through which they can just, you know, celebrate their country, you know, celebrate their players. And it shows, you know, in the way they celebrate, but also in the way they, you know, there's this expectation now, right, from the team to do, to keep doing well and to keep doing better. Um Do you, do you, do you feel that too? Or do you think this is just some it's more a reflection of how the team is doing right now. And it's not going to be that way always. No, absolutely. You're right there. And it's not, it's not just expectation from the crowd. Yes. Uh, and the fans. Yes, that is a large factor. And that's actually one of the the founding factors of this new found expectation. Because if we, if we look, you know, if we break it down a little bit, 20,000 fans come into the stadium and they see Zimbabwe doing well. That's that might inspire two or three kids, maybe just say two or three, to take up cricket to then um, realize they're good at it. And a few years down the line, they are in the domestic circuit. Um, it grows. It grows the game, and it's it's happening right. in Zimbabwe. So. And with, you know, with more competitiveness in the domestic circuit with players coming in, it's leading to um, selection, good selection issues at the higher level because now it's no longer a guarantee that XYZ is going to be picked for the, the team. It's, you know, we're now looking at five, six, seven, eight guys who are knocking on the door for national selection and there's suddenly more pressure on the national players to perform themselves. You know, they can no longer put up mediocre, mediocre cricket because behind them is a young gun who is banging on the door looking for his chance to play. So, you know, that that is a healthy form of pressure. And you see, you're starting to see that coming through as Zimbabwe cricket ranks abate a little bit slowly, but it is happening. And the players are now not only playing for their own position, but they're playing for a passionate crowd. They're paying, playing for a, a coach that, you know, that believes in them. They're playing for the chance to play in franchise leagues because they're seeing Sikandaraza going there. They're seeing Blessing with Arabani going there. And this newfound expectation is definitely there, but it's definitely healthy, in my opinion. You know, not, not too long ago... Um... I think we saw on Twitter, you know, Zimbabwe players asking for sponsorships and it was almost like a dire reflection of how the game was in the country at that moment. Uh, but now, obviously, it looks like things have improved. Uh, I mean, even looking beyond the World Cup, um, how does the future look for Zimbabwe cricket? You know, the passion is there. 
you know, fans love their team. Um, you know, they love watching, uh, you know, they love watching the game in the stadium. But what do you see for Zimbabwe cricket as a whole in the next few years? Tough question. Um, and the, the, the one thing that worries me a little bit is the effect that not qualifying for this World Cup will have. And with particular interest in the careers of the big, the big three, Raza, Williams, and Irvin. I hope it doesn't lead to premature uh, retirements because if it does, the team and the nation are in for a bit of a shock in terms of performances and winning games. So in the event that those guys don't qualify and, you know, they keep their heads up and they continue to play the brand of cricket that they're playing and give the system time to work. You know, the when I say the system time to work, I'm talking about the domestic circuit to continue igniting itself from the burnt ashes that it was three, four, five years ago and continue growing and improving. And if these players can stick around for a little bit longer and, you know, complete the, I've used this phrase because I love this phrase to describe this, the changing of the guards, then Zimbabwe cricket should be okay. Because as long as they can keep up these good performances and, you know, the management has patience in the coaching system, the management is willing to um, put that money down and help the domestic circuits. The sponsors keep coming in because they're seeing, oh, this is a young, exciting team. As long as, as long as the cogs keep turning the way that they are now, Zimbabwe cricket is going to be in a very happy and safe position come the 2027 World Cup which is um, being co-hosted by Zimbabwe. Um, so I, ju I just, I can't stress how much the cogs need to keep turning because things in Zimbabwe cricket have a way of <laughs> grinding the brakes and stopping very abruptly. Um, and it's happened a number of times over, over the history. And I'm fearful that that could happen. I pray that it won't happen. And if it doesn't, then it's going to be a very good situation come come the next World Cup, which Zimbabwe, please, will qualify for. <laughs> well, they're hosting it, so of course they'll qualify for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will endorse everything that you said, you know, um, because when Zimbabwe does well, it, it really makes me nostalgic because... Uh, when I started following the game, you know, Zimbabwe was a force. I mean, they were not a huge force, but, you know, they, they played test matches. They toured, you know, the the, uh, the major country, the major chess playing countries. And there were a lot of fan favorite players, you know, the Flower Brothers, but, you know, also Henry Alonga, Neil Johnson, all those guys. And so seeing Zimbabwe do well, and it almost brings back, you know, good memories for me and I'm sure for a lot of uh, cricket fans as well. So I think everyone loves to see uh, a strong Zimbabwe side. And uh, like you, I really hope, you know, the cogs keep turning and the players keep turning out uh, and that Zimbabwe will continue, create good memories for their fans and 
really being a major, be a, become a major player in international cricket once again. Uh, but Adam, thank you so much for your time. Um, I, again, commiserations uh, for Zimbabwe not making it to the 50 over World Cup, but there's always, you know, the 20 over World Cup and, you know, the cycle keeps churning and hopefully uh, we'll see more of that. But uh, thank you again uh, for your time today. And for our listeners, you can follow Adam on Twitter and Threads. Shout out to Threads. Uh, you can follow <laughs> at Adam Theophilatos. Uh, but Adam, thank you so much uh, for making some time today. Thank you, guys. Been a pleasure being on. Thank you for listening to an episode of The Last Wicket. This podcast is a Cricket Guys production featuring your hosts, Benny and Mike. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do let a friend know, rate and subscribe on your platform of choice, follow us on your social media feeds, and leave us a message if you would like to share your thoughts with us. Thank you again for listening, and from all of us here at The Last Wicket, stay safe and stay healthy.